0: hang, the hammock camping episode. We've always schlepped a tent while backpacking, but recently our eyes were opened to other options on the trail. And today we are all about the possibilities that hammock camping opens up to backpackers. Next, the Summit Gear Review turns into the Summit Gear Dump as we unload the box of gear that was loaned to us for our first hammock trip. Next on the Backpack Hack of the Week, a quick way to find the perfect distance between two trees. All this, then that's about it. Today on the first 40 miles.
1: We've talked plenty on this podcast about tents, and it makes a lot of sense. I mean, the first time that someone goes backpacking, they're probably going to take a tent. It's just the traditional way to do things. And so in episode 75, we covered the benefits of using a tent. For us, it came down to privacy, protection, climate control, no trees needed, and it just feels like home. And on episode 85, we went even further and talked about the benefits of using a two-person tent over other sizes of tents. Plus, we've reviewed a couple tents. We reviewed the REI passage two in episode 45, and the Big Agnes Copper Spur UL2 mountain glow in episode 85. That's a lot about tents. But a few months ago we got this Facebook message and he said, hi, I'm Jonathan from the HYOH podcast, a monthly podcast about hammock camping. Mark and I thought it would be interesting to see if you folks would like to do a podcast together. And then what he proposed was that we get together and do a first time experience hammock camping and share our experience. It's not that we've never used hammocks at all. We own several hammocks, and we often take them on our backpacking trips because the kids love to just hang in them.
0: Yeah, and when we get a chance to sit in them, they're very nice. They're super comfortable. They're easy to put up. We just love the idea of using them as furniture on the trail, but using them as a tent slash sleep system really kind of dredged up some anxiety in both of us. And our first 40-milers might remember on our family Redwoods trip, the first time we went out there, we had two sons who decided to sleep overnight in the Eno double nest. It wasn't too far away from where we were sleeping safely in our tents. So they they loved it. They had a great time, besides the fact that they both eventually just kind of piled on top of each other in the middle of the hammock. But they're brave, brave kids.
1: Braver than us. And so here we are. And now the challenge has been thrown to us from Jonathan. Hey, let's have you try it.
0: And those of you who have been hammock camping, maybe understand a little bit of our apprehension. You know, that very first night that you go out. And even if you've never even been tent camping, you still have that same feeling, that apprehension, that kind of anxiety that, what's going to happen? What's, what's out there? I'm going to be sleeping almost completely unprotected. There's no deadbolt out in the forest. So fairly soon after Jonathan contacted us, we began to plan this hammock trip. And what made it even cooler was that Jonathan from the Hang Your Own Hang podcast was able to combine a work trip with this hammock camping trip. And so he joined us on this trip to Mirror Lake, which is right at the base of Mount Hood. So to help us out and to make sure that we had a really great first time hammock camping, Jonathan had us inventory our own personal gear, and then he was able to supplement that gear with things that he had in his hammock camping collection.
1: He brought an entire box of hammock camping supplies with him on his flight to Oregon. And the first time that we met him in person was in the parking lot of the Mirror Lake Trail, where he brought his box over and opened it up, and we started stuffing things into our packs. Then we took off up the trail. It was only about a one-mile hike, so it was a a nice short hike. We got plenty of time that afternoon to be able to, to really spend time setting up the hammocks, learning all the you know, the tricks, learning the knots, everything else. And so it was really a nice, relaxed schedule, which, which we really appreciated.
0: And it ended up being really beneficial because I left my hammock back at the van. So we sent our cross-country runner our 14 year old son back down to the van. He grabbed it, finished his little Dairy Queen Blizzard, which was completely melted and probably warm. Um, But he grabbed the rest of the stuff that we needed and ran back up the trail. So, you know, one of the things that Jonathan actually mentioned for a first time hammock camping trip was make sure you do it close to home or at home so that you can kind of work out any of those kinks before you're actually six to eight miles up the trail. After we arrived at camp, Jonathan helped us set up all the hammocks. And then we had a chance to just sit around the fire and have dinner and chat, which was extremely enjoyable. We really we really had a great time. Then the conversation turned toward what was our first night of hammock camping going to be like. And that's when Jonathan hit the record button and we got we got a really great conversation. So this is going to be our top 5 list today the top five questions that we had about hammock camping.
1: So I think prior to really prepping for this trip, my number one worry about sleeping in a hammock was going to be, uh, was I going to be squished and kind of (laughs) folded up like a burrito? Okay. Uh, Was I going to be bent in the middle? And what if I try to roll around? Maybe am I going to fall out? Stuff like that. And I still haven't spent that night in the hammock yet. That's coming up (laughs) in just a few hours. Uh, But I think before we really knew uh, anything else about hammocking or hammock camping, that was my main question in my mind. Um, And then we started to learn, you know, we started to learn how you're supposed to lay diagonally a little bit and how that takes advantage of of the tension in the hammock to give you a, a little bit flatter lay. Mm-hmm. So it'd be interesting to try that out and then just see tomorrow morning when I wake up, where am I going to be? <laughs> you know, Am I going to be in that same place that I started yeah. or somewhere else?
2: It's not a truly flat lay, but it is, it's pretty comfortable. Like there's a lot of anecdotes of people who have back problems who find that they can sleep more comfortably in the hammock because mm-hmm. of the way it supports their body. You know, like even people at home have converted to full-time hammock sleeping. So that's an interesting thing to think about or an interesting perspective is that idea that it might actually be more comfortable.
0: One of my first concerns was the constant swaying. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tend to get really motion sick in the car and on airplanes. I have some embarrassing stories to back up that claim. <laughs> but <laughs> With
2: projectiles? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> and
0: so I'm kind of worried about, you know, what's it going to be like when the wind starts blowing or just my natural body movement starts moving the hammock? Is it going to be like I feel feel like i'm on a boat yeah and i start to get you know seasick <laughs> seasick
2: well one of the kind of the cool things about pair sleeping like you guys are set up is that you've essentially got a counterweight that you can reach out and grab oh. to stop your swing if you need to you can work off of you can work off of them as a counterweight
1: yeah yeah we should probably explain that a little bit we our two hammocks are both tied to the same tree on one end and then basically just tied to different sides of the same tree on the other end, so that we are, you know, are the center lines of our hammocks are what, two to three feet apart mm-hmm. from each other? So the two of us are gonna be right next to each other as opposed to just being in totally different places or or coming in at a diagonal, you know, we thought we might set up in kind of a triangular shape, uh, but really we're gonna be just right next to each other. So yeah. that'll be an interesting thing to, to see how we either use each other to stabilize or how we bump into each other and wake each other up or my (laughs) head will be at
0: Josh's feet and your head will be at my feet. Uh, Well, one of the things, and this maybe just shows my skeptical nature, but I read the book that you sent us called the uh, ultimate hang. Yes. The ultimate hang. And I loved it. But before I even started, I grabbed a blue highlighter pen and I was like, I'm just going to outline every time he says something that he loves about hammocking. Because hammockers Mm. are famous for being very evangelical about their... Faith. Their faith. (laughs) Yes. And so I went through... Let's be clear about this. Yes. I went through and I outlined every time. And it was a lot more than I thought. And I was like, this can't be for real. This is over the top. And so I got a little bit suspicious. My radar beep 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 started going off so i'm really curious if it really is as awesome as all the things that he lists in the book
2: first night isn't always as awesome you know your first kiss isn't always that awesome (laughs) sometimes it's because you need a different girlfriend and sometimes it's because you need practice um it's just finding figuring out which is the right one for you Mm -hmm. you know i'm gonna be the first person to say not everybody would be a good fit you know not everybody finds it to be comfortable But you find what works, you know, and everybody wants a Subaru. (laughs) (laughs) And it's really funny because, frankly, I mean, there's so much more to the camping and backpacking and outdoors experience. You know, for us, you know, we do a podcast about it, you know, but that's not why we camp. At least that's not why I camp. It's just a comfortable way to sleep and not getting up stiff in the morning part of the camping.
1: Yeah. We have fun finding things where people are, I guess you could say, bucking the trend. Okay. Um, You know, footwear is one of those areas where traditionally it's been the heavy hiking boot that's sure. what you wear and uh, lately it's more the trail runners something a lot lighter a lot less supportive oh yeah and and then you find these guys that go all the way to the barefoot shoes where mm-hmm. it's just enough to keep you from Getting like stabbed. drawing blood yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you have step on something sharp and I think hammock camping kind of falls into that category where we're like well here's people that are kind of bucking the trend like we all think that you always sleep on the ground and it's stable and doesn't move and you're totally protected by your tent totally enclosed and so there's that curiosity like combined with the skepticism yeah of course (laughs) of like with good reason yeah (laughs) it's like well they are you know they really talk it up but maybe there's something to it so it's going to be fun to of buck the trend try it out and see what it's like so i think now that it's almost our first night in a hammock my number one thing that i am thinking about now is uh will i be warm enough you know that's i think that's what it's come down to for yeah. my, you know first night my sleeping bag is uh 20 <clears throat> years old now i think it's okay. it's the one piece i haven't replaced yet somehow
0: oh, and... but your birthday's coming up let's make that a priority <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> well um don't use it as a top quilt because it will give you some in, uh, additional insulation underneath you just warm your way into it is probably uh-huh. what i'd say because i did find when i had a, a sleeping bag there was a little insulation underneath from that as well it's like wearing a windshirt. you know it does keep you a little warmer yeah yeah keep the drafts out if nothing else mm-hmm. so you should be good and if you know just cuddle up a little closer oh. or just steal the under quilt if you need to <laughs> right okay.
1: just tug on your under quilt right. we can
0: trade around 12 o'clock tonight you can we'll do a little switch
1: <laughs> see which hammock is warmer
0: maybe yeah we can That's do that an,
2: well it'll be the one with a 20 degree down yeah I guess quilt so. of goodness yes
0: so the top five questions that kind of emerged from that conversation were will i be squished and folded up will i fall out will i get motion sickness Is it really as awesome slash comfortable as it sounds? And last, will I be warm enough?
1: So within an hour after recording that conversation, we were in our hammocks. And now that the trip's over, what do you think? Did we get good answers to our questions?
0: We did, even after the first night. And Jonathan even warned us, said that, you know, the first night isn't always the best night. Same with a tent, you're still getting used to everything, everything is different, every time you open your eyes you're like, oh, I'm in a different place that I don't recognize. So the first night is typically a little more rough, but I think we have good solid answers to all five of our questions. So Josh, did you feel squished and folded up? That was one of your concerns.
1: Jonathan showed us how to lay in the hammock uh, so that you're slightly diagonal to the center line of the hammock and that made all the difference. It allows you to lower your feet and your head a little bit so that you're almost flat. I didn't wake up with any muscle soreness or anything the next morning, and none at all, uh, definitely less than I would have in a tent.
0: I agree. That was one thing that really surprised me. Um, you know, one of the things that I asked Jonathan was, is it really as awesome as it sounds? Like, Are you really not going to have bruised hips and a sore shoulder when you wake up, kind of like you do when you're tent camping? And yeah, there were no pressure points. The hammock just kind of cradles you perfectly.
1: How about the question of falling out? Well... Did you fall out?
0: I didn't fall out.
1: (laughs) Oh, me neither.
0: (laughs) I guess that's more common with a bridge hammock. Those are those hammocks that you see in people's backyards where it's like a piece of wood on both ends of the hammock. So it's more stretched out. Those are the ones that people actually fall out of.
1: So the hammocks that they sell in the home improvement stores that are made of heavy canvas. Yeah. I wish that I had spent more time before it got dark just shifting around in the hammock. And because I didn't do that, as I got in and kind of got into position, I felt like my feet were kind of falling out. And I didn't really put a lot of effort into trying to fix that situation because it was already dark and it was already bedtime. So next time, I want to play around with just just moving in the hammock during the daytime so I can get a little more familiar with how it should feel and, and where my feet should be.
0: That is a great point because there were a few times that evening where I wanted to kind of adjust because my arm was falling asleep, and I didn't know where to put my arm, and I have the same problem when I'm tent camping, and um, I think if I had just maybe taken an hour or two to nap or something, I would have figured out really quickly that a pillow is what's going to help my arm to not fall asleep while I'm hammock camping.
1: Well, you're the one who asked the question about motion sickness, and of course, you're the one who gets motion sickness. Uh, I it doesn't bother me. (laughs) So I really didn't notice any swaying around or anything, but how was it for you as, as someone who is affected by that kind of movement?
0: Yeah. Um, so the way that we were set up, you were right next to me. And so whenever you moved, you bumped my hammock and it kind of swayed it for a few seconds. And I, I didn't like that. (laughs) And, um, but it slowed down really quickly. So it wasn't like swaying for two or three minutes. It was more like 10 seconds. And I did have a little bit of, I guess you would call it ghost swaying, where I imagined that the hammock was probably moving um, when my eyes were closed. And then I would open my eyes and nothing was moving. So I think it was just a little bit of, you know, I was nervous about the motion sickness. And so I just, my mind played a trick on me. But, um, yeah, I think if we had been hammocking a little bit further apart, I think it would have been a little bit better. Sorry. Our hammocks <laughs>
1: were very close together. I mean, just coming from from opposite sides of the trunk of the tree, just a couple feet apart. So next time, if we gave it an additional six to twelve inches, yeah, then we're st- we'd still be nice and close to each other, but not bump into each other whenever one of us moves.
0: right. I was also kind of curious if the wind would cause the hammock to sway. And there wasn't enough wind that first night, so I can't really tell if the wind would have an effect. I'm guessing with, you know, that much weight, the wind wouldn't really cause a hammocker to sway.
1: I think you're right. But you're also right that it was a very calm night, so we just don't know on that one yet.
0: Then the next question is, is it really as awesome slash comfortable as it sounds. I think it's awesome slash comfortable enough that we will do it again. There are enough benefits. And again, we're so new to the hammock camping idea that we haven't fully explored all the benefits. Like I mentioned in that book, The Ultimate Hang, there were Probably sixty or seventy benefits of hammock camping, and if you just do it for a couple nights, you're not going to be able to explore all those. But I definitely want to do it again.
1: I think I'm in the same place as you. I think it was uh, a good enough experience on that first night that I I want to believe
0: you want. To, well, like
1: <laughs> <laughs> I I want to try it again, I try it a few more times, and see if I get a little better at it each time. I. I guess I don't know if that's exactly what I mean to say, but it sounds
0: kind of funny to say it that way. You're right, but I I understand. Like you want to become more proficient, kind of like when you first start tent camping. There are just little tricks, things that you learn that make it easier, faster, better, more comfortable.
1: Yeah, it sounds funny to say that you can get better at sleeping. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, I mean, sleeping is when you're not doing anything, right? But it, not just getting better, but I think um, getting more comfortable. It's just like when I travel for work and I spend a few nights in a hotel room somewhere. The first night's always the most restless night because it's all new surroundings. No matter how well built the bed is, it's still just a different place than being at home. And then after a few days, you know, you start to get used to it and you sleep better.
0: I definitely felt like hammock camping was way more comfortable in almost every way than sleeping pad, or I guess we're calling it tent camping. Because there are no pressure points at all. You're just sleeping on this cloud of nylon or taffeta, whatever. You feel absolutely weightless. So I loved that aspect of hammock camping. And the last question, Josh, and I feel so guilty about this one. Were you warm enough?
1: I was as warm as I probably would have been in a tent. I sleep cold. And really, I have not i have not solved this problem yet. I sleep cold almost every night that I'm out backpacking, unless it happens to be a very warm night, like in the 60s or something. And, you know, a 20-degree bag does not take me down to 20 degrees, not even close, maybe the 40s. And so I slept a little bit cool that night. I was definitely not dangerously cold. I was, you know, I still had circulation in my fingers even. So my body was warm. It's just that my comfort zone for what is considered warm, I guess, is very narrow. (laughs) And uh, anyway, I guess that's to say it wasn't really any different than if I had been in a tent. But thank goodness we had some training from Jonathan and we knew how important it was to have the underquilts. Without the underquilt, I probably would have frozen that night with a low temperature in, what, the mid-30s? Yeah. There was frost in the morning.
0: Our eight year old boy and our 14 year old boy came along with us and they slept fine. Like, no complaints. They were warm, comfortable, happy. Well, I felt a little bit guilty because I was the one who used the 20 degree hammock gear incubator under quilt. It was amazing.
1: You also had a down top quilt. So you were completely enveloped in this fluffy cloud of down. And I was stuck with the synthetics. I'll get my sleep system figured out someday. It's been the last remaining thing that I need to fix in my backpacking setup. I I still have, I didn't use it that night, but I still have a sleeping bag that's like 25, 30 years old now. But I think I finally have decided in the last week or so that down is the way to go. And that's taken me a long time to get to that decision because we live in the Pacific Northwest where it gets very wet. But I've realized that I really need to count on my tent or, you know, count on the hammock tarp to provide the water protection. And then that means I can have a down sleeping bag and then have down insulation. It's just so much more compressible, so much warmer than any synthetic on the market. So I'm working on it. And I think my next night in a hammock, if, if I have made a few improvements in my insulation, then uh, staying warm won't be a problem.
0: So as you can tell, we have just barely scratched the surface on hammock camping. It's something we want to do again. It was lightweight. It was comfortable. It was fun. So we're excited to continue to incorporate hammock camping into our show. And today is kind of the leaping off point. And we especially want to thank Jonathan, not only for recording this segment for us, but for putting together the entire experience for us. He was the one that brought the equipment and brought the knowledge and helped to prepare us so that we would have a great experience.
1: Well, today's Summit Gear review is going to be a little different. So we're going to call it the Summit Gear Dump.
0: Good dump, not bad dump. (laughs) Yeah, when Jonathan came, he brought an entire box of stuff and we unloaded it in the mirror like parking lot and just started dividing it all up between the five of us.
1: And we'd like to share with you the basics of what it took to create our hammock setups.
0: So the first thing that everyone had to have was a hammock. And Josh used a hammock by Yukon Outfitters. In fact, there was a full set all by Yukon Outfitters that he used. It was kind of a beginner's set. It came with the top quilt, the under quilt, the hammock, and the tree straps. And each one of those things is an essential component to a great hammock experience.
1: If we hadn't had some coaching, I think we would have figured out that we needed a hammock.
0: Exactly. We're good with that.
1: (laughs) And we would have figured out we needed tree straps. And we probably would have rigged a tarp. And we probably would have brought sleeping bags or something, you know, to provide some insulation. And the piece we would have missed would be the underquilt. If it's below 70 degrees at night, you need the underquilt.
0: The underquilt replaces the sleeping pad. So it's what keeps you from freezing your backside off. When you sleep in a tent, you need to be insulated from the ground because the ground is colder than you are. So that's conductive heat loss. But when you're in a hammock, it's the air that sucks the heat from you. And that's called convective heat loss.
1: Our eight-year-old had a Hennessy Cub hammock, which is a small hammock, you know, made for small people. Hennessy does a lot of uh, kind of all-in-one setups. So when you pull this out of the bag, you've got a hammock with a built-in bug net and a built-in tarp over the top and ridge line. You just attach it to the straps and you're, you know, and stake it out and you're done.
0: And from what I remember, even attaching it to the straps was like this figure eight loop, loopy knot thing, and you just kind of tied it off and it held in place. So it was a really simple setup.
1: Our 14-year-old son had our Eno double nest hammock with a tarp that uh, Jonathan had brought.
0: He actually sewed that tarp himself out of something called Silpoly PU4000. And he said he got it off of an online retailer called Ripstop by the Roll. And he had even taken like an old running vest and cut off the reflective material on it and sewed that to the corner. So he had a little flash of reflective material so he could identify his tarp. And attached onto this DIY tarp was some rope or uh, line, I guess, that's called Zingit. And it's bright yellow, super strong, super durable, and it's really popular with lightweight or ultra lightweight backpackers. And it takes the place of and does a much better job than paracord. It's really thin and it's great for attaching onto tarps as a guy line.
1: And last of all, Jonathan's box of tricks came with some bling, some hardware. Most of this stuff came from Dutchware, which is really well-known in the hammock world. And and it's like, you know, the Dutch wasp, the Dutch hook, the Dutch whoopee hook, all these cleverly designed little metal pieces. You know, they all had some purpose, uh, some role to play in setting up the various uh, lines for a hammock.
0: And a lot of these little... Tiny pieces of metal were designed to make it so it's easier to take down, faster to put together, faster to take down, um, or makes it so your line is more adjustable. I should probably also mention that our boys, instead of using an underquilt, they just used a traditional sleeping pad that we use when we're tent camping.
1: Our 14 year old said that his slid around quite a bit, so it was a little hard for him to kind of stay on it, Uh, but it worked. Just the sleeping pad with his regular sleeping bag.
0: Yeah, so as we tried out all these different things, we learned a lot. And it was so helpful to have a mentor with us walking us through each of these different brands and styles and knots.
1: Isn't this what it's like whenever you try something new? Whether it's backpacking or whether it's this small niche within backpacking called hammock camping or anything else. Just when you first get exposed to it, there's such an array of things to learn and to try out and and to figure out.
0: If you're interested in finding a mentor, there is something called a group hang, and it's where groups of people get together, and they all meet up with their hammocks and all their hammock gear, and they all nerd out together and try and find trees that are spaced 12 feet apart. and It's not something that we've participated in yet, but it sounds like a great mentoring opportunity. You'd be able to walk around and kind of see what kind of Dutch bling people have or see what kind of DIY projects they've done and really get inspired and get some great information. And we'll put a link to some of the group hangs that we know about that are coming up. And you'll find that at thefirst40miles.com 090. There's one more piece of gear that I want to recommend and it's something that Jonathan sent to us before we ever dumped out this big box of gear and it's the book called The Ultimate Hang by Derek Hansen. You can go through it like I did and outline all the benefits of hammock camping with a blue highlighter. There's lots of really helpful drawings and it's just a great place to start if you really are interested in trying out hammock camping. For today's backpack hack of the week, picking the right distance between two trees with your trekking poles.
1: When we were trying to find trees to hang our hammocks on, I think the biggest, most common mistake was finding trees that were too close together.
0: So if you're hiking with your trekking poles, then all you need to do is stand between two trees with your trekking poles held all the way out. And this is roughly the distance that you should shoot for. You can also measure out six to eight paces, or 12 to 13 feet, or four meters.
1: And while we're on the topic of finding trees, uh, there's one more thing we want to make sure we share on today's podcast episode. One of our listeners, Steve, when he found out that we had this upcoming episode about hammock camping, he uh, wrote to us on Facebook and said, Be sure to tell people that it's important to protect the trees when you hang your hammock. Um, so first of all, you should be using hammock straps, not ropes, to go around the tree. You can have ropes and lines you know, everywhere else, but the tree itself needs to have a strap around it, which distributes the weight much more evenly on the tree. Just remember that the bark and what's right under the bark is the entire lifeline of the tree. And if you cut through that, you have cut off the circulation of that tree. The last thing we'd want is for a bunch of people to go out hammock camping and kill a bunch of trees. So be careful as you hang your hammock that you're using a strap that's really made for hanging hammocks and that you get it positioned very evenly around the tree to avoid any um, damage to the tree.
0: Ram will leave you today with a little trail wisdom. Much has been said on hammocks, so we pulled our two favorite quotes. Jim Gaffigan said of hammocks, It's like a giant net for catching lazy people. (laughs) (laughs) But I like this saying even more. An optimist is a man who plants two acorns and buys a hammock. And if you want to learn more about hammocking, head over to the Hang Your Own Hang podcast. We'll be on the show in September. That's it for today. Thank you for listening. If you liked this podcast, then get outside or start planning your next adventure. We'll see you next time on the first 40 miles. The leaping off point, ah. <laughs> but do you call it cordage, cord, rope, string, like uh,
1: the guy lines? Guy lines. Okay.
0: <laughs> guy lines. Okay.
1: I'm, yes.